Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are diving into email segmentation and looking at how you can segment your email list to get more sales from your existing list. We've also got a training in the show notes on email segmentation. So if you want a copy of that, just pop in your email and we'll send it right to you. So let's get started. How are you? Good morning, my brother. How are you? I'm all right. Yes, I am okay. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Uh, sound like my grandfather. Um, well, so we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Email segmentation. Email segmentation. I'm going to talk about. And I think, I mean, it's, 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 um, and we've done podcasts on this before. And I think that. To make it interesting, the question I wanted to ask you first is, well, you know, like the demo store we've been doing, right? Mm. So we haven't done email segmentation on the demo store. Now, I don't know how, I think we've probably got, we haven't got that many email lists, probably maybe maybe about four mm. or 5,000 so far. Like, obviously, we haven't thought about it yet. So my question to you was, is, and I know the answer, but I'd like, why? What point yeah. would you start to think about email segmentation? And and would you ever for, for the demo store? The demo store is self embedding, yes, by the way. I think, yes. Okay, yes, of course. You should think about it. You should, But actually, I think, you know, what you need to do is you need to remove the word email out of it. So you need to say, what, you know, what's our, what, you know what, what is our segmentation? You know, mm. what, what, what does segmentation mean for e-commerce and why, why is it important? Because you know, email is just a vehicle. Right, so you can't just you can't say, "Well, oh, I'm going to tag on the word email," yeah. and then you know, it's email. So it's basically how am I going to segment my customers? And basically, it means how am I going to talk to different groups of customers yeah. or not customers? And mm. so, if, you know, subconsciously with the demo store, that's what we've done. You know, we haven't probably consciously sat down and had a meeting to say, "Right, how are we going to what's our what's our email or segmentation strategy?" We've just gone. We've basically gone. How are we going to recruit new customers? And how are we going to get those customers to buy again on the yeah. first purchase, get them to buy from the first purchase? And then how are we going to get them to buy again and again and again? And that's what we've done. You know, yeah. that, that's that's what we've basically said. And so, you know, taking a, you know, a really simple analogy around segmentation or a really simple strategy for segmentation, I always say to customers, we'll start with the three R's, you know, recruitment, retention, reactivation. Like that's the basic form because because when I've when I've looked at I mean I've worked with loads of big brands I remember looking you know big catalog businesses back in the day and they came out with these ridiculously complicated segmentation charts mm. you know where they had like you know the naught to six month multi buyers and you know the, you know the, the the nine to twelve month single buyers who'd spent you know over a hundred pounds you know et cetera, et cetera. and they had like I don't know, 50, 60 groups. But when you looked at it, it was basically, well, what's our strategy for 
for customers, for, for people who've not yet bought. So that's our recruitment strategy. You know, what's our recruitment mm-hmm. strategy? So how are we going to talk to people who are prospective customers? And, and, then it's, and then it's how are we going to talk to our existing customers, which is your retention strategy, and then how are we going to talk to the, the lapsed customers, which is our reacquisition strategy, which is why yeah. I would do the three R's. And, and, and broadly speaking, and that was something that we've, we've been talking about for years, I don't know, 20 years. And I think the only thing that we've added on really after is, is, this, is, the, is the sort of the hot the hot window, the hot buying window. Mm. And that's where you get where certain certain businesses particularly, but most e-commerce businesses have have like a kind of hot, hot, hot bit. And it's it's normally I'll give you a couple of I'll give you an example. And we've talked about it's lows, but if if somebody is looking to buy, you know, a, a you know, a, a, a considered purchase, a big, you know, a, an outdoor table garden set, something like that. And it's like, you know, they want to spend two or three thousand pounds, you know, when they're looking to buy that garden set, they're probably, you know, that's when you should be emailing them more mm. because looking to buy the garden set, you know, so they're quite, you know, they're obviously going to be res- much more responsive, but then once they've bought that garden set, it shows that they're doing up the garden, so they're probably going to be much more responsive in the next six weeks to other things in and around that purchase. Yeah. Because that's what that's the mode that's that's what they're doing in their life. Whereas in six months' time, they might be booking a skiing holiday. You know, it's going to, they kind of moved on. So you get these you get these natural hot moments, and and that's and so what we added on was how you treat first time customers differently. So yeah. you sort of if you if you imagine you had, you know, the three R's recruitment, retention, reactivation, and you added another one in between the recruitment and the retention R, which would be your first time buyers. Yeah. And, it, and, and if you just if, if you did if you did anything and this is why I said just remove the word email, because email is just the glue that holds us together. And and if you did anything in your e commerce business um, the, 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 that would be impactful right now would be to it would be to go okay. What is our recruitment strategy? Because it sounds really bloody simple and obvious, doesn't it? But I, a lot of e-commerce businesses don't know this. Mm. What is our recruitment strategy? So how are we going to recruit new customers? And really, we're talking about the offer architecture. Mm. You know, what is our offer of value to recruit new customers? And what is our retention? They're the biggest ones, the recruitment and the retention. And email is just a vehicle that, that communicates the whole thing. So that's kind of like my, my like, you know, I don't know, idiot's guide, a couple of minutes. Yeah, and I think you, you, you're right with those kind of like, because the typical e-commerce site, most of them sell 1.2 times a year to a customer. And obviously the clothing sites and supplement sites would tend to sell a little bit more. Um, and maybe gift sites maybe sell a little bit less than that. But the big mistake that I think we make when we're running an e-commerce site is we're, it's our baby. We're so close to it. It's our business. We think that our customers are sitting there really aware of everything we're doing, and they aren't because effectively we're like the um, – you know maybe you go once a year to, um, to the pantomime, and you go into it, and and when you go to the pantomime, you always get an ice cream 
from the place outside. Like you're like that that place, that that place you just don't see any any other time of the year, and 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 like that's what our karma site is to to a it's lot a good, of the customers. That's a good. That's a really nice analogy, guys. I like yeah. that. That's new. Yes. But you're basically out. saying, let's say, let's say you're at the pantomime, yeah. and you're saying, well, well, last year we had vanilla ice cream and chocolate ice cream. We can't possibly have that again. So we're going to yeah. have to change it to some new crazy flavors because people are going to get bored of vanilla and chocolate. Yeah, and, and that's not. Of course, the answer is they, they don't because they go, they're only coming to your website once or twice a year if you're lucky. So for them, it's always fresh, and, and you really should lead with the your biggest. Yeah, website. and so you shouldn't you shouldn't change it up too much. Like people people who are listening to this outside of the UK, because in New Zealand and Australia and America, we won't know what a pantomime is. And it's hard to describe yeah. what a pantomime is. It's the most ridiculous kind of Christmas play thing that um, at the theatre. At the theatre, and. Um, it's behind you. Yeah. No, uh, but basically, <laughs> like, you wouldn't mess with it. You wouldn't want to mess with it because people go to the theater, they have a tradition, they want to do the same thing. They want to have a chocolate ice cream. I always have a chocolate ice cream after I see the, you know, pantomime, I do that, then things. But if you're in the business, that business, you think, oh, God, I can't be selling chocolate ice cream all the time. I'm going to go and change it. Maybe I'll change this. Maybe I'll do that. So, well, there's, a, there's, there is, I think what we're saying is that there is a, there's a, there's a feeling with e commerce business owners that they have to keep things. Uh, new all the time mm. but for, for when but when that first when that customer lands on your site for the first time it's new yeah you know even if even if the homepage hasn't changed you know for for 12 months and I and I think this is what I, I, there's a there's a brand in the UK well actually worldwide called Huel H-U-E-L dot yeah. com and they, they're the protein bars and they're, they're massive aren't they yeah and we've been looking at their homepage for a long time um, because we like to see what's you know what's what's hot. We're following the you know brands that we think are doing interesting things, and their homepage hasn't changed. It, yeah. And it's and it's like you look at that you look at their Instagram feed, the bottom of their homepage. It's the same one. Yeah. Same one it was eight months ago. Yeah. But who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Because if I scroll down to the bottom of their homepage on the Hule. It's for new first-time prospective customers who've not yet bought, and they're seeing mm. it for the first time. So they want the best goddamn, you know, messaging there possible. It doesn't need to be fresh. It doesn't yeah. need to be changing every day. Yeah. Because why? Because you're seeing it for the first time. So I think there is a, there is a a preconception with with segmentation that you have to be very complicated and you have to make sure that you're changing your recruitment strategy all the time to bring out new products all the time and and often it's it it's a law of diminishing returns and often you don't get anything back yeah you know, I, so, I think so don't complicate it if you don't have to but have a very very strong recruitment strategy and i just i, I just say one more thing Look, you know, look at look at the businesses like Boots, who who came up with the three for two offer. I don't you think know, they, they, must, they kind of come up with the three for two offer, but they I like think they do. They, I think Boots. I think Boots. I remember. I remember reading when I was at uni a long time ago that Boots did the three for two, and yeah. they were the ones that brought that out on the route to High Street, and that's what they're still doing now. Well, however many fifty, sixty years later. It reminds me. Clinique. It reminds me of. Um, it's one of the big stores in New York, either Bloomingdale's or Macy's or one of those. I think it might be Bloomingdale's, and they had 
Um, I think the recruitment strategy was sending out lots of coupons in the mail. Like they sent a lot of coupons out in the mail. They did all these people and people kind of saved them up and all that kind of stuff. And then there was a new new director of sales came into the company and he said, oh, this is all complicated. Let's get rid of all these coupons. They're ridiculous. And let's just put the, let's just put the prices down to what they would be you know, if we didn't have the coupons and all that kind of stuff. And mm. he basically destroyed the business, completely destroyed the business because he took away the recruitment offer the, and even the, even the retention offer that, that had been working for years and years and years. And it, it's, it, you've got to be careful what you mess yeah. with in a business and what you don't. And, and, and even, though people, even though people know that sometimes things are priced up to price down, they still enjoy it more and they still buy more because of it. Well, do you know why? Do you know why? Mm. Because most things that people buy – um, online or in store, most things people buy, they buy emotionally. You know, they yeah. don't need a new dress or a new top or a new sofa or a new bed or a new pair of trainers or a new tennis racket. Yeah. They don't need it. You know, they emotionally want to buy it and they look for a rational, rational reason to justify that emotion. Yeah. And that's why they're looking for that reason to buy, that offer that ends this week or today or whatever it might be. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. It's basic psychology. And you know, they want an I think excuse. also they do they want an excuse to buy it. Mm. And and that's why that's that's why the segmentation conversation isn't just about email segmentation. But I think the other the other thing that we see a lot is that I mean I had it today. I mean if there's one thing that you and I have consistently talked about on the podcast, it's it's you know, don't be too precious about your e commerce brand if you know, you, you know, unless you're doing 50, 60 million, you, you, you haven't got a brand, you know, you, you mm. just, you're in beta and you, your main job is to recruit new customers profitably. You know, forget, you know, having a brand. If you're doing a couple of million, cause you haven't got a brand because no one knows who you are. And, you know, the, the preconception is that if you recruit, if your recruitment strategy is, a, is, a, is an offer, the preconception is that, oh, well, we're going to look like a discounter and, and, the, and the existing customers are always going to want an offer. You're mm. not going to buy unless they're ever. Well, who cares? Do you know what that is? Do you know what that brand thing comes from? It's because the brand of a business owner, for the business owner, the brand represents what they think of their business for themselves. The brand is often an extension of our ego and therefore the brand is us. And therefore they don't want the brand that is an extension of, of them to, to be like a discount brand or it seem, they seem to be reduced. They see their brand in the eye of the consumer, how they see their brand. Whereas the consumer sees their e-commerce site and the brand is built by 90% of that, of the brand in the consumer's mind is the consumption of the product and the delivery of the product and the service of the, of the business. That is how the brand is built, a lot of it. A lot of the time, unless mm. you are something like Christian Dior or all those kind of things where the brand has been built from ridiculous amounts of money spent on fashion shows and all that, all that jazz. So, but the majority of us kind of like medium, medium sized e-commerce businesses, the brand is built when the consumer consumes a product and, and actually yeah. interacts with you. And that's, that's where it's built. So it, like, you've got to be careful. So unless you... Yeah. Well, that's right. Unless unless you've actually got a mechanism to recruit customers, you you're not you're not going to create a brand. Yeah, I agree. No. The brand is created by by actually recruiting new customers. 
Yeah. So, you know, so that that's the primary. That's the primary thing. So you know, it's obviously different if you're selling other people's products, isn't it? You know, if you, you know, if, you, if it's your own brand of products you created yourself and you control them, the distribution of them, mm. then that's obviously you know mainly what we're talking about. You know, but but I think but generally you know even for that, you know, you've still got to have a new customer recruitment strategy. Yeah, you know, and and I and I think you know, from a segmentation perspective, I mean, you know, honestly, you can read so many blog articles and so many you know gurus and so many email books, and they'll talk to you about you know lots and lots of different complicated segmentation, but 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 really the you know, 90 percent of it is having a very clearly defined recruitment segment, and a very clearly defined new customer, you know, first time customer segment, and then a good retention segment. And I think, I think that's that's you know, keeping it simple, stupid. Uh, yeah, keeping it simple, stupid. I think when people think of it segmentation, they think of well, do I have buyer types, and do I have you know, some buyers that always buy from a certain category and do have buyers that always buy from a different category, do they have preference? And the answer to that is yes. But in order for you to get money out of segmentation, it has to be bloody obvious that that's there. Because if you go online and you read all the stuff about email segmentation, people talk as if these techniques for email segmentation are relevant for everybody. And they go, oh, you should be segmenting your list. You should be doing stuff. So if you take our, our, our demo store selling bedding. Now, I don't think, like even when we get you know, to, to do really big numbers, that we will have that much of a segmentation strategy in that, okay, we might have, let's say we start selling uh, baby stuff. Like we might have people who've got babies, families, that that might be a segment because then we would send stuff for, you know, for kids and cots and yeah. bedding like that. Yeah. Um, or like we might sell, I don't know, because it's not really like you've got mattresses and you've got well, sheets I, and you've got I, stuff. You, people I think might have a preference yeah. for a color, but you're not going to say, oh, I'm going to send them all pink stuff because they might change well, also, their mind. The problem, I know. And I think you, if you're trying to be too seg- I think segmented, you know, personalized segmented has become a buzzword in marketing, a bit like the mobile first approach. Mm. You know, right? I can only email you. Um, let, let's take, let's take, that one, you know, we've seen this with loads of men's fashion brands. We've worked with lots of men's fashion brands over the years. And if you try, if you're too segmented, right, okay, they only bought trousers. So therefore, I'm only going to email them about trousers. Yeah. Doesn't and, make sense. Or they it? only bought, yeah, and it's like, no, 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 no. That's bull. That's ridiculous. Mm. You know, email them about everything because, you know, you've got much more chance to keep it broad, keep the offers big and broad. And, and, and I think the key to it that we've learned is not necessarily to be really personalized and segmented um, in terms of the actual content, but, but it, the timing and frequency is key. So knowing that if somebody has bought something, there are certain markets and I think the homeware markets is key that if someone has bought, you know, a rug, they are doing up the house and therefore they're going to be hyper responsive to other homeware products in the next six weeks. Mm. Not necessarily, oh, well, if they've bought that rug, which has got a, you know, brown hessian trim, therefore they're only going to like our other natural 
you know, brown complementary products that go with it. So we're only going to email about, oh, you bought this drug, so we think you might like this vase that goes with it. Mm. No, no, just, just, just hit them hard. And, you know, and much more frequently in that six-week period because you're going to get much more out of the tank. Yeah, so you would use... And then trying to go, okay, well, they only bought, they bought that brown rug, so therefore we're going to email brown products. Yeah, so you'd use it's your too, batch and blast. You'd use your batch and blast to to allow some people to come onto the site and have a look at some products. When they looked at the products, you work out which products that then you'd follow up with them on based around those products or categories and have sequences that that would basically follow up because they're in heart mode. So like someone say you're selling rugs and somebody yeah. hadn't come to your website and then six months later they came to your website and they clicked on a couple of rugs, maybe for the hallway you then follow up with them with hallway rugs because they've been flushed yes, out of the email list and you'd be sending more emails to that person at the time because they've been looking at rugs. They're hand raisers, but aren't if they? they? But yeah, so that, that's, that's obviously your pre-purchase recruitment. Right? Yeah. But if they bought a rug, you know, and you're trying now to get them to buy something else, you know, what I'm, what I'm saying is you wouldn't necessarily go, well, they bought that rug that was brown. That, that now for, they're only going to go for... no you know, brown products, you basically go, here is, you know, our whole, you know, our whole range and here's our first customer offer. And you, because we're so proud to have you here, 25% off, you know, we're going to get, or well, 20 pounds off, we're gonna, you can use this over the next six weeks. So I think, I think you know, if, what I think is, if in doubt, keep it broad. Yeah. You know, don't, you know, don't overcomplicate it for the sake of thinking, well, if I'm going to be more specialized and more niche and more segmented, that's going to, that's going to move the needle because I don't think it often does. No, you know, unless but, it's really bloody obvious. Yeah. So go to, give an example of when it is is really bloody obvious, which is like uh, you know you've met Graham who runs the fishing shop. He's got a yeah. very large fishing shop, and he's got distinct buyer types. So there are spear fishermen, there are people who only fish off rocks, and there are people who own boats and go fishing on boats, and. Obviously, a spear fisherman if, is going to spy spear fisherman. And if you sent that stuff to... How many spears does a spear fisherman need, Mark? I think there's quite a lot of stuff you can buy. Well, you've got there's snorkel and wetsuits and you've got flippers and you've got different types of spears. I remember firing your... You've got a nice spear gun. I fired this spear... I spear gun. I forgot about that. I fired the spear into the, into, the, into the mud in Turkey about 20 foot down. Yeah. And um, I I, don't know, I think we got it back in the end, but it was a deep dive. Yeah. Anyway, so there's all sorts of things you can sell to them. But even then, even then, like, you know, there is going to be some crossover. People who own boats might also do a bit of spear fishing and stuff. But, you, you know, if you're sending an email to someone who you definitely know is a boat fisherman who's always owned only ever bought boat stuff and you're selling them a spear fisherman offer, it's not going to work, is it, as well? So you can effectively probably, if you've got scale and you know you've got distinct buyer types, you can segment those and send them specific yeah. offers to those buyer types. But if you think about fishermen, like I've just explained it to you. I'm not a fisherman. You can understand it in two seconds it make it, it, it's bloody obvious. Whereas if I tried to do the same thing with bedding, I couldn't explain that to you in two seconds. It's like, oh yeah, no. you know, Jane, you like, you know, pink I, think, beds. I think the biggest, right. The biggest danger here is that the e-commerce business owners get too worried about not about knowing what to send to who. So they, you know what? They mm. don't send enough. Mm. That's the biggest, that's the, that's, 
I think the reality of what what you know I've seen in the last over the last twenty years, I've never really seen a a business struggle because they they've had they've been sending too many emails. The businesses that send too many emails predominantly do better than the ones that don't send. The worst thing you can do is go, well, oh, yeah, we don't really send many emails. We're only sending about one one a month. Mm. Maybe, you know, you know, if we're lucky. They're the ones that struggle. Mm. And the businesses that just go, well, do you know what? We keep it simple. We do a little bit of personalization sometimes. But broadly speaking, we have a, you know, a, a pre-purchase recruitment offer you know, email series. We have a, a, a first-time customer email series. We have our retention offer series, and we do this. You know, every third weekend of the month, we do a twenty-five percent off these categories, and we have a reacquisition one. We haven't bought for six months. We do this, 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 this. Like you know, those businesses that keep it simple and email more than than you would probably normally. You know, they, they do better. I think they there's also. What's interesting is 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 whenever you're you're selling something or or you're to, to somebody, there's like people have an idea about what they want and the information they need to give you to tell them what what you want, and then there's actually what they need. So, I, I, there's a there's a lady who sells dog 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 coats. She sells dog coats for dogs, and you know when you're and it's the same with the dog probiotics person you're speaking to the other day, like. The, the the person buying the dog probiotic wants to tell the wants to tell you what dog breed they've got, even though you as a seller know that that dog breed isn't important. It's just important of the dog's size, the size of dog. Really, that that's all you need to know. Yeah, but but there's, there's the perception. Yeah, because what the, the anxiety around buying dog supplements is: will this work for my dog? Yeah, so it's about being specific. And that's the anxiety. Yeah, that's the anxiety. Yeah. So there's these things that the buyers think they need and therefore we have to cater to that even though it doesn't matter and i think this i mean this is a big leap but this is the same thing that's happened in e-commerce with email service providers people think they need all these tools they need ridiculous amounts of uh, com, uh, segmentation tools they need lots of different flows that can all do all this different stuff and therefore these you know, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not knocking them. That these are fantastic tools. You know, Clavio, Ometria, and and all those kind of uh, people. They have built up fantastic tools. You can do all sorts of stuff. But that is a reaction to what the market thought it wanted, not necessarily what it actually needed. And if you look at a lot of the people who have got a metro who are spending, you know, £2,000 a month or even more on it. I don't know how much it is now. Um, you probably find that they're not using some of the more advanced stuff, or if they are using it, it's not actually doing as much as they thought it would 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 do when they first, first thought. It's a bit like Darth Vader's bathroom. You think you need Darth Vader's bathroom, but you actually only, only need an electric toothbrush. Sometimes. I mean, I'm over oversimplifying it to some degree. Yeah. But yeah. the, the, the segmentation discussions that people are having online have come from the edge cases like Graham's Fishing Shop, where there is a clear buyer type within it. And also, you know, site, big sites like Bloomingdale's again or John Lewis, you know, they're, all gonna, they're, they're so huge that they are going to have segments of people that mm. really like electronics or really like to go and buy handbags or, 
you know, those that, or, or, or home care and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they've had to. They've yeah. had to, haven't they? You know, exactly. If someone's been looking at barbecues, you know, and then you send an email about handbags, obviously that's ridiculous. But, mm. but, but quite a lot of e-commerce businesses are a lot more niche than that. Yeah, yeah. You know, bedding or men's, you know, men's, men's formal tailor, tailoring, men's shoes. Yeah. You know, I think most of the businesses that we're working with, you know, are, are much more specialised, aren't they? Yeah, they are specialised, they're selling a niche and like you've got to be careful with segmentation because everybody wants to be, you know, everybody looks to, you know, I I guess you look at a billion dollar e-commerce business and you go, what are they doing that I'm not doing? But it's like, well, they're doing things because they're a billion dollar business. Exactly. And I think, you know, you, you, in most e-commerce businesses, you can, you could come up with a basic segmentation plan probably in about an hour. And and actually, it's probably good enough to get you to five, ten million. Mm. You know, speaking speaking frankly. Uh, yeah, and I would I would spend my time split testing your basic setup much more before you went and and complicated it because the if you yeah. if you if you if you don't if you're not sending enough emails, you can't split well, test your welcome email because you're not getting enough data coming you know, in if it's too segmented. Put it, put it this way. Right. Put it this way. So, so I think I think when we do our, you know, we do our implementation program where we get loads of clients on, and and one of the exercises we do is we look at all of the welcome emails, all the abandonment emails, and 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 people people often go, well, yeah, we, yeah, we really understand our, our customer segmentation, you know, and they, they talk about it quite a lot, and they say, okay, let's have a look at your welcome programs, your emails, your abandoned basket emails, all those kind of things, and we and we go, right. Right, there's no call to action. There's no trust and credibility. There's no positioning statement. There's no reason to act now. You know, there's nothing. It's like if you focused on that, you're going to get much more revenue out of your email. You know, by getting the basics right. And it, it, again, it's it's like going off piece too soon, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, so you just got to be careful that you go and make sure you're getting the basics right segmentation before you go and jump into some complex stuff because it's like one of those it's like one of those black holes where you can go and work really hard on it and you can make you can pat yourself on the back and say I've done this we've done all this segmentation and you know doesn't make any difference. Just think about it for a second. It's absolutely ludicrous to think that because you know if I bought a pair of socks from a men's tailoring site and they send me an email saying, oh, you bought this pair of black socks, so we think you might like this pair of green socks that I'm going to buy. Mm. Be- you know, it's, it's, it's rubbish. It's a, you know, it's a complete fallacy, yeah. and it is a black Label hole. Label you as a sock a, lover. A, yeah, it is, it is a stupid buzz marketing word, like mobile first, and it's nonsense to be honest. I don't think mobile first uh, is that much know, of a buzz. I mean, it's important to optimize. Your- well, it was. It was, yeah. Big data. No, but it, well, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, obviously mobile is critical. Yeah. And it should be mobile first. <laughs> but you've got to get... <laughs> but I think, I think, you know, the notion that you're going to get, you know, you know, 25% of your revenue from email. Because, we, you know, the benchmark we always used to say was, you know, we quite like to see 25% of email revenue. Someone actually wrote the review on, on the book saying, you know, that's ridiculous. What? But, you know, we've seen we've seen businesses who have had 50% of revenue from email. Yeah. You know, and, and they are there. And I had another one this week. 
there was another fishing shop. There was a fishing shop site, and he was getting he was getting ninety percent of his revenue from his email list. So it's massive. Yeah. So it's really important, but you know. I, I don't think I don't think there's been massive strategy around. Well, if they bought this particular rod, they're only going to like these particular rods. They basically they'd emailed them more frequently when they knew they were they were hot. Yeah, that is unusual, and by that the way. Tends to be ninety percent of revenue for me. I think the I know, and I, th- I think the average is about ten. Yeah, but that's quite low. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see 10, to, 10 20 to thirty percent of revenue coming from from email. Usually, usually. Is kind of where I like to see yeah. it. The ten percent is kind of like oh, I've just dotted the T's and crossed the I's, um, yeah, and done it badly because you, you're supposed to dot the I's and cross the T's. Yeah, yeah. So I will say I'll summarise. Right, and d- don't worry about segmentation until you can honestly say that you have got a very clearly defined recruitment strategy, retention strategy, and a reacquisition reacquisition strategy. Yeah. Yeah, like get those done first. And if you if you haven't got that right, you're that's where you're going to get the gains. Not trying to make all your emails really segmented and personal. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you very much, Ian. I'll speak to you again soon. Pleasure. Catch you on the flip side. Thanks.